the Ukraine, Belarus, and Moldova. Three distinct countries and cultures in Eastern Europe that were at one time part of the Soviet Union. Find the Black Sea on a map, then look just north of there, and you'll find these three different nations. Known for mesmerizing architecture, small handmade dolls with blank faces, wine, porridge, and plenty of sweets, cathedrals and monasteries, man-made mountains, and a species of cattle that now can only be found on a nation's flag. This region is full of wonderful culture, unique languages, and precious, loving people. But there is also much need here, and the years have taken their toll. My guest today, Martin Wilcox, joins me from Child Aid to Eastern Europe an organization that works in some powerful ways, making an amazing difference here. Caring for vulnerable, abandoned, and disabled children, providing homes, education, health care, and much-needed opportunity. I find their work inspiring for so many reasons, but one in particular. Child Aid to Eastern Europe sees the value and the talent and the potential in us all. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and I have a very special guest today, Martin Wilcox, who is joining us from an organization called Child Aid to Eastern Europe. And we're going to be talking about several wonderful countries, Belarus, Moldova, Ukraine, throughout the course of this interview and the wonderful work that they're doing, in particular with disadvantaged children and families. We're going to be talking about some very, very meaningful things. Martin Wilcox, welcome to the program. Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a great honor um, to, to be with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your heart. The, the best thing, just absolutely the best thing about what I get to do as a host of this program is I get to meet people like you, people who are working around the world, doing things that matter in some way, in some form or fashion, serving others. And I've, I've noticed quite often you guys are always serving people who might otherwise be forgotten. So let's talk a little bit about child aid to Eastern Europe. Let's sort of think big picture first here as we just get acquainted with the organization. You guys work where and you do what? So we work and have for the last 50 years exclusively in what I suppose we could call the ex-Soviet Union territories, but particularly uh, now we work in three countries predominantly, Belarus, Ukraine and Moldova. 
some of those countries may have been heard of by your listeners, but uh, one particularly, Moldova, may not be too familiar, and I'm sure we'll come back to that. What we're doing in those countries, we're really working with children, uh, with young people, and with families, all of whom are disadvantaged or vulnerable in one way or another. And I think what we're really looking to do is give children the chance to have a childhood again. Every child deserves a childhood, uh, whatever their circumstances, wherever they're living. And it's my brief, it's my desire to extend that to as many children as possible. And that's the voice of Martin Wilcox. He's the director at Child Aid to Eastern Europe. And we're going to get to know them, their work, and the need in these countries. Tell us a little bit, just briefly, the history, Ukraine, Moldova, Belarus, put into perspective what those countries have been through and why there is need or why there is this need to help families. All of these countries are obviously European, but particularly Ukraine and Belarus, they're um, Slavic as well. So they have many Slavic traditions and culture. But one thing that does unite them really is generations of what I can only really call oppression, whether it would have been in pre-Soviet Union, uh, Tsarist times, or during the Soviet Union. But even since the independence back in the 90s, the countries really went through uh, a long period of corruption, mismanagement from the top, which has left deep scars in in the vast swathes of the population. And with a, a, an economic infrastructure that really hasn't got the resilience to uh, build itself up, the people out in the fields, in the factories, lost in the cities, are exposed to all manner of abandonment and abuse. Where as we particularly talk about children and one area that is a horror uh, for so many uh, is the plight of children into uh, sexual exploitation, into a crime. And our task is to raise awareness and to prevent as many children as possible going into that awful black uh, hole uh, of prostitution and corruption. The families that we we, we live we, we work with are all hardworking, lovely people. They're just by a freak of nature, a freak of birth, and we would never judge. We make no, no judgment on their circumstances. What we what we want to do is to bring them to a situation where they've got some hope and they've been given some opportunities, whatever that may be, and whatever their, their circumstances. Coming back to the countries, politically, all of these territories are hot potatoes. We take a very wide berth from anything political, but the the political instability, the economic instability, sends very deep ripples throughout the, the, the society, and that has a profound impact on, on the vulnerable and disadvantaged. And so what we do, we, we come in, we step in, replace what is uh, what should be available from the state uh, with a view to being there for them when they need them and however they need that help. We're talking today with Martin Wilcox. He is the director at Child Aid to Eastern Europe, include Belarus, Moldova, Ukraine, 
and the precious people who live in these nations. And as you mentioned, Martin, I mean, they have been disadvantaged in some way. One of the things we always talk about and the points we like to bring out on, on the program is I mean, we're all people. We're all people. I mean, there's there's really no difference when it comes to uh, someone from here or there. I mean, we have different backgrounds and histories and stories and probably different perspectives, but we're people. And the thing that inspires me about talking to organizations like Child Aid to Eastern Europe, you, Martin, and so many others, is is the respect and the dignity that is conveyed when the stories are told about the people that you're helping. It's told with dignity. It's told with respect. And that is so important. And I hear that echoed in in what you've already shared today, precious people who are disadvantaged in some way. And, you know, we all need help at some point in our lives. And it may be different. It may look different for me or for you, or for, but we all need help. That's sort of the theme that ties all this together, all the different interviews and conversations and here on the edge of adventure. So today, yeah, we're talking um, child aid to Eastern Europe. We're talking Belarus, Moldova, Ukraine with my guest, Martin Wilcox. So put into perspective for us some of the different types of services that you all provide. I know the needs are many. I know from some of the research that I've done that you and, and your organization work to meet many different types of needs. Talk to me about a couple of the primary ones, the things perhaps that you see most often. So I suppose that there are there are two key categories, I suppose, for, for want of a better term, of people that we look to um, help and give that respect and dignity to that you mentioned, Adam. Uh, one group are vulnerable families and another group are children living with disabilities. And broadly, the type of services that we look to provide ranges from physiotherapy, speech therapy, hydrotherapy, anything that can actually help uh, develop the body and the mind. We will offer daycare services, uh, and that's important for both the, per the ch young child in terms of giving them uh, that childhood experience, uh, that educational experience, but it's also hugely important for the families. Um, not only do they get respite for what could be 24-7 care uh, of their child or young person, but for in some areas, it is the only opportunity that they then have to uh, have the childcare that enables them to work and become independent themselves. On top of that, uh, we're also providing emotional support. So that's some form of counselling to families, to, to particularly to, to mothers, to guide them through uh, the traumas that they will be going through, as well as um, educational support and play. I think play... Often we, we underestimate the importance of play when it comes to children. And I said before that our raison d'etre is to give children back their childhood. And part of that is education, but a huge part of it is play as well. So they can build up their self-esteem, build up confidence, understand relationships and work through what we would all consider to be a, a, a normal childhood, if, if there is ever such a thing as a normal childhood. I'd like to share some examples uh, of how that transpires, if, that, if that's okay. Please do. Many of our parents are, uh, are single parents. That may be just through uh, abandonment, or it may be through, um, sadly, through alcohol or um, drug abuse. And the children are the victims of, of this. 
And the person, one, one particular personal story that come through quite recently is a lady in, in Moldova. Uh, so Moldova, again, a, a beautiful little country, sandwiched between Romania and Ukraine. Predominantly Romanian speaking, but very poor. Both Moldova and Ukraine are the poorest countries in the whole of Europe. I know that may not mean a great deal, but when, when they're poorer than a lot of um, Latin American and Asian countries as well, it does begin to hit hard. So this particular lady, she, she had uh, an alcohol addiction, but she took sought out rehabilitation, went, went away. Her family was put into state care for a short while, and she came back was reunited with her family, went to their home, and the tenants that were put in there by the state uh, while she was away had basically just ripped out all the radiators, all the pipework of the, of, the house, of the whole house. So you can imagine going into a house in an area which can get temperatures in the winter down to minus 15, minus 20, minus 25 even, to have all of that ripped out. On someone who's very vulnerable and very exposed, that could have been the tipping point for her to relapse back into uh, her addictions. But fortunately, we were able to step in. And it's the, often the simple things that count. So we replaced all the radiators. We replaced the boiler. And that very small act was enough to trigger in her mind positivity and enthusiasm for life itself. As a result, she rebuilt her marriage and the family, above all else, has been kept united. What we really want to strive to do is keep children in families. That's where children belong, in a family environment. And whatever we can do to do that, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's just a little small uh, gesture that does that. This is The Edge of Adventure. That's Martin Wilcox, Director at Child Aid to Eastern Europe, as we talk about Belarus, Moldova, Ukraine, precious people there, and the need the types of needs and the ways that child aid to Eastern Europe is able to come alongside and help. Martin, it seems like when it comes to these things, sometimes it is the most simple gesture. It is the most simple thing that means the most. What would you say is important to convey when you're making a, a simple gesture, when you're you know, providing a, a big opportunity or perhaps a small opportunity. What What's the message that the, the recipient of, of that kind of help, what's the message that they need to receive? I think there's two, there's two messages from that. One is that they're not alone, that they may have felt abandoned, abandoned by the state, maybe by their family, by their community. So we're showing them that they're not alone in this, that they've got somewhere, someone they can come to. And related to that, but standing aside it, is the creation of a, a hope and an opportunity that their lives don't have to go the way that may be projected to them through their circumstances of poverty, of disability, of lost employment, whatever it may be, that through the love and the care and the protection and the services that are offered by other people can give them a new path in life that will open doors that they otherwise may not even dream about. A beautiful story we, we had um, recently again, uh, a young girl with a, a severe disability had, um, had really not quite given up on hope, 
on on life, but didn't really see that there was much much that the world could offer her. She was visited by um, a volunteer who who was doing some who was cycling from the UK to China, and part of that part of that process was going through uh, our territories, and we picked up on him, and he came to one of our our partners. At the end of the conversation, this young young girl who is wheelchair bound but going through extensive rehabilitation said, "You know, I've now got a dream that I'm going to cycle from uh, I think she said from Kiev to Kingston." She, this because he was going from Bristol to Beijing, so she wanted to do the same type of letter to letter. So she she's now got this huge drive and ambition to get herself onto a bicycle. Whether she makes it a thousand miles or a hundred meters, it really doesn't matter. She's got that drive. She's got that hope, and that's the type of thing that we want to give to people. Martin, when did the focus or the desire for child aid to Eastern Europe? Again, you you focus on many different types of groups who are facing challenges of some sort. And yes, we've used the word disadvantage, right? They didn't have the same advantage that many of us have had. One of the things that, that makes child aid to Eastern Europe so intriguing and so inspiring is your work with those who are living with a disability of some sort. Does that go all the way back 50 years to the beginning of Child Aid to Eastern Europe? Because, again, this organization has been around, been doing good for a long time, 50 years. Was the focus on people living with disabilities something that goes back to the beginning, or did that come along at some point? The, the work with um, disability has really evolved. Um, so initially, going back to 50 years, uh, the charity was called something different. Um, then it was um, – aid to Russian Christians, supporting the uh, persecuted underground church in the Soviet Union and supporting members of that community who were being, who were um, not who were excluded from society again. That would have included young people, adults as well, with disabilities. But as the Soviet Union broke down, um, as the needs changed, so we tried to keep abreast of the changing situation, the changing environment. The church became uh, more accepted, um, not totally accepted, one must say. But we identified that there were pockets of, large pockets of society, very much left out of the norm. And the Soviet Union mentality was, and and it still remains um, hidden, shall we say, but it still remains, that unless you... Are, can contribute to society, contribute to the economy, you really should just be put away and forgot. So you may be put into, probably put into an orphanage. Certainly mothers were um, told if they gave birth to a disabled child to simply give the child away and try again. Whilst that, again, not quite so apparent today, it is, it is still an undercurrent. What is still apparent is that disability is a sin of your father that you are who you are, you have what you have, because somewhere in your family background, somewhere in your societal background, you haven't uh, performed to the, the, the level of expectation. So really, I think probably the last 15 to 20 years has been our journey with those suffering from disabilities, more so than, than, than prior to that. And I think because we've realised that the state is just unable to provide the, 
level of care. It's just the lack of finances as well as the lack of drive. These families, these children need external help. Our, our desire is always to coach the nation, to coach uh, local, national government into what can be provided and how valuable all these children and young people are, whatever their disability, uh, whatever their circumstances, they can and they are valuable and they don't need a great deal. I'll pass another story over to you. We've got a, a child in Ukraine, 12 years old, uh, has fairly severe autism and, and impaired vision. And his only method of communication has been to shout. Um, he, he, he knows no other tone other than shouting. Uh, has very aggressive behaviour and, and self-harms. The mother's just been unable in all of his 12 years to seek any form of help in terms of therapy for her son. The only place she could have got to would be an hour's bus journey. And I think you could probably imagine that uh, anyone who's been in a supermarket uh, with hearing crying, shouting children wouldn't like to be on a bus for an hour with a child screaming and shouting all the time. So just this April, so just a few months ago, four months ago, um, we opened a new centre, a new rehabilitation centre, and this young lad was one of the first to arrive. And just through a few short weeks of giving him the gentle care, um, the rehabilitation to guide him into certain areas, his mother has said he's, the improvement is so dramatic that she hardly recognises who he is. And her only thought is, what could have happened to my child if 10 years ago this level of service was available? If, if we've had this much change in four months, what could this child have offered in 10 years? So obviously we carry on working with him and he will develop and grow and grow and grow. And in five years time, I'll come back and say that this young lad is probably out working in the environment and being a major contributor to his family and his, his community. Your dial is set right here on the edge of adventure with Adam Asher. Thanks so much. We'll get back to my conversation with Martin Wilcox of Child Aid to Eastern Europe in just a moment. You know, each and every one of these broadcasts speaks to me. Each one is unique, but they all minister to me. With all the things in life that vie for my attention, these conversations help to stop me and center me and remind me what's really important. I need that. I need to be reminded that there's more to life than what my day planner says. I need to be reminded that one person can make a difference, that I can make a difference. I need to be reminded that the world is a big place, diverse and beautiful, full of heartbreaking need and selfless acts of sacrificial service. I need these conversations because these reminders put things back into perspective for me. Now, by chance, if you feel the same way, I'm honored to be on this journey with you. And this is why I have put together an easy-to-access list of all these conversations that we've had. To find that, simply log on to theedgeofadventure.com slash podcast. Or look for it in my new mobile app, Rugged Compass. You can download that and join the community at ruggedcompass.com. 
and thank you for going beyond status quo. Now back to my conversation with Martin Wilcox of Child Aid to Eastern Europe, here on The Edge of Adventure. We're talking today with Martin Wilcox. He is the director at Child Aid to Eastern Europe. We're talking about the wonderful people of Belarus, Moldova, and Ukraine. And we're also getting to know the organization, Child Aid to Eastern Europe, a little bit about their history, how through the years, in one form or fashion, they have stood with and beside those who might otherwise have been forgotten. And in, as we just heard him share, some of the people, you know, there, there are people who would say these people should be forgotten. And what a powerful statement it is when someone, an organization, a group of people comes alongside and says, no, 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 we're not forgetting you. You're not to be forgotten. That's powerful. We're going to come back to that. Martin, I want to find out, take just a moment and understand your background. Uh, I know you're a professional. I want to hear uh, sort of what you did briefly in terms of your professional life and then how that prepared you for what you're doing today with child aid to Eastern Europe. So I um, uh, I had uh, really a very good career over 20 years in the financial services area, um, including in the city of London, um, which hopefully many of your most of your listeners would um, be aware of, of what that offers. Um, but increasingly, I began to feel that I needed to give something back. Not that it was all take, but I didn't feel that the career that I was following was offering the, 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 the scope of help and, and care that I felt I could do. Added to which my faith was a bit of a driver in, um, in really wanting to give some more back. So after, say, this 20, 25 years, I started to look at what, um, what that really means. How does that appear? And it came close, came quite apparent to me that I, I, I wanted to give something back to um, a community. And children were always on my heart where care and love needed. Uh, was needed and um, because child aid at the time was a small charity it's a small relatively small charity providing direct impact there's a, a lot of great charities doing um, policy work uh, changing governments but I, I wanted to actually get the dirt under your fingernails as it were and so child aid needed some management skills at the moment at that time as well uh, needed a bit of direction uh, so the transferable skills that I had during the, my time uh, in the financial services area was able to come over. And I think what, what I like about, what I love, not like, what I love about this charity is that we're working with children and we're doing our most, we're raising all the money that we can, but it's a real family. Uh, it's a family of supporters, volunteers, staff, children, families, and we're all in it together and we all treat each other with with such love and care that it is a family feeling. It's not like I'm working for an NGO, uh, a non-governmental organization, an, uh, some amorphous uh, structure. It's we're personable. We know our supporters. We know our families. All of us are directly making that impact. By a long way, a long way this is the, the, the longest job I've ever held. 
um, I moved around a little bit in the financial services, and uh, and it will certainly see me through to, um, uh, to to my end. Wonderful conversation today. That's Martin Wilcox. Again, he's director at Child Aid to Eastern Europe. My name is Adam Asher, and I just want to thank everybody for listening today. Whether you're listening on your favorite audio podcast platform, as many of you do, it's great to have you with us. And if you're watching the video version, it's great to see you. However you're joining the program, I just want to thank you for your time, for your friendship, for your support, for being a part of this. These are important topics. These are inspiring topics. And today we're learning about child aid to Eastern Europe. We just heard a little bit there about Martin's background. It puts into perspective who he is. And I think there's a couple things that we can draw from that. I think in life, you have a moment you take stock and you think, well, I know how to do this and I may want to do something else. I may feel like I'm called to do some kind of service in some other area. And I think we limit ourselves sometimes because we think, but I'm not, I'm not prepared for that. I'm not qualified for that because I do this over here. This is my, what I've done for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever. I think that when you're open to it, you will find that whatever it was you've spent your life doing and becoming an expert at and good at and what, what you've learned, those things can then be applied to service in some way, to some act of service. And I just feel called, Martin, to say that because I, I hear that from your story and I've kind of lived through that myself. And and I know sometimes we limit ourselves and we think, I don't, there's probably nothing in this realm that I could really do and bring. But don't don't you limit yourself. Uh, give it a chance. Absolutely, I, I, I couldn't agree more with with that, Adam. I think the world is um, is a big place. There's a lot of need, and there's a lot. But there's also a huge amount of skill. There's a huge amount of goodwill, and it doesn't take rocket science to bring the two together. You don't have to change change your employment line directly, like. Uh, like I did, but you can participate. You can be a part of that shift in in how the dynamics of uh, of goodwill um, can can be held. Uh, so so yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely right. There should be there's no limitations. Whatever abilities, uh, whatever skills you've got, offer it up. Since you mentioned that your faith played a part in this, and as I I know that. Child Aid to Eastern Europe is faith-based. It's something that that has been a part of the organization from the very beginning. And on this program, we have organizations that are faith-based. We have organizations that are not. I always want to learn. And I my my objective, right, when we when we talk about these things, and I know faith is something many different people have different perspectives, they have different faiths and different backgrounds. But I like to delve into it and understand how the faith, a person's faith, motivates them or how maybe it's influenced them. So I'm going to ask you that in this way. Okay, here's sort of, sort of a philosophical question as we think about the Christian faith. What is the message, as you would put it, what is the message of Jesus, right? We're talking about the Christian faith here. What is, what is his message to those who find themselves in need of help that they cannot provide for themselves. Before I, I answer that, and I just want to emphasize the fact that faith is the driver for what, why we do what we do. We don't force faith on any child. Um, it's, and we, we will help any child, any family of any faith or no faith at all. 
but for those when, when we when we do the, the work with um when we go into someone a child's house or we go into uh, an orphanage and they will they ask the question why why are you doing this why why are you helping us you have no reason to help us. You don't know us. And it's simply the fact that Jesus told us to love our neighbor, love our enemies in exactly the same way. You don't need to be in any relationship. And I mean that in, in the broadest sense to give love to someone in need and I think for, for many of our, our families, they are astonished to receive help freely given. There's an expectation that there, there is something to be given in return. And when it's explained to them that, it is, that, the, that the love and the gifts are freely given to help, to show care and, uh, and affection, then the families begin to realize this whole coming back to this issue that I'm not alone. Some of them may inquire more about faith, about the, the faith that's driving us to do what we do. Some may not. And that's not that's not the relevancy. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to show them that they are loved in the way that Jesus loved us through the cross. We want to show everybody the love that we give to them in, ret in return for the love that Jesus has given us. I'm not a biblical scholar by any means, so I'm not going to quote scripture because, it's, again, it isn't necessarily relevant for what the families want to hear and what the families want to receive. They are in need of help. They don't know where to go for it. They've been blessed to find us, and we are blessed to give them whatever they need just to show them that there is love in this world and it, it it is as simple as that this is the edge of adventure that's martin wilcox director at child aid to eastern europe and you can look them up online at child aid e e dot o r g dot uk again that's child aid e e dot o r g dot uk and you can also find them across social media. The first thing to look for, Facebook and Instagram, you'll find them very easily at Child Aid EE. LinkedIn, you'll find them under Child Aid. And also the Twitter handle we've had on the screen a couple of times, if you're watching the video version, Child Aid, and then RR. Sometimes it's a lot to keep up with. So I always make a post for every one of these interviews. So you can go to theedgeofadventure.com and look under the podcast section, you'll find a post that has the video version, the audio version, and the links to all the different platforms and the links back to their website. And of course, on their website as well, you'll find their social media links and all those good things. But to track it down, whether you go to theedgeofadventure.com or childaidee.org.uk, be sure you connect with this organization and, and encourage them. And as always, I always say, you know, if you feel called, to partner with them financially, you should do that. And please encourage them in some way. Send them a message on social media. Let them know that you saw the program and that you appreciate what they do. On this program, we've, we've talked with a lot of uh, different types of organizations and getting at the heart of each one is always important to me. And it's been nice today as well to get to the heart of child aid to Eastern Europe. 
But before we close out, uh, Martin, I want to give you the opportunity to paint the picture for kind of the blessing, I guess, that your supporters, your partners have, those that may live all around the world in different parts of the world, but those that come alongside you guys, that give, that support, they're a part of this. Tell me, what is the experience like for someone who maybe doesn't get the chance to go and be on the ground in these countries with you, but they are playing an important role by providing and helping to provide the funds to make this work? Tell me about the blessing it is to be a part of the organization in that way. That's a great question. Um, uh, and reason it's a great question, Adam, because I said earlier that I consider this charity to be very much a family. Um, and what I love is connecting with our supporters, um, either through giving them the stories. We can always talk about numbers and we can give a high level overview, but it is the individual stories of the for example, the children I've mentioned um, today, that really has an impact. And, and our supporters love to hear where the children have been, have been, and more importantly, what their journey is, both in terms of their physical, material journey and their spiritual journey. Some of our supporters sponsor children um, in terms of uh, giving, their, giving financial support to focus particularly on their families. Others are just happy to hear of stories of any child that is that is receiving um, receiving the care and attentions. So I think for our supporters, it is about being part of this family. Um, and some of our supporters have been supporting us for. I'm, I'm going to say there's probably someone out there that's been around for the whole 50 years. Um, we certainly have supporters that have been around for 30 30 plus years. And they are steadfastly supporting us. They support us financially. They support us in prayer. They support us with the, the comments that you mentioned that we love to receive. It's a wonderful feeling to, to know that, yes, we're helping the children, but we're being part of our supporters and our volunteers' lives as well, because it means that they're on this journey uh, and they're on the children's journey. They're, they've seen children from, from the age of zero to the age of 18 being transformed out of being bed bound and wheelchair bound to be able to be walking to school when they when they started supporting that child hearing that child's story there was no hope but as part of their prayer as part of their giving they were on that journey for those children they've transformed and that is a huge buzz for me and I think it is for the supporters as well Martin, why is it important not to forget these families? The UNCRC say that every child deserves their rights and freedoms, that they should be protected from abuse, from violence, from injury, from neglect, from exploitation. That's every child in the world. You've only got to turn the news on pretty much every day to hear of that not happening. It is so important that we give every child an opportunity, every child the hope that there is there's sunshine in, in their life. If we didn't care about the children, then we don't care about the future. We don't care about life itself because children are, it's passe to say children are our future, but We've all been children. We've all been there. 
we've all know children that we love and care for it's so important that we give that to as every child whether it's in your street in your town your country or moldova ukraine belarus give those children that hope and that opportunity martin wilcox is the director of child aid to eastern europe martin what message would you have for the people that are watching today listening today speak from your heart what do you want them to hear what do what do we out here need to know i think we need to know that there is there are charities such as child aid that are making a big difference in lives we can't do it alone we need the support of prayer we need the encouragement in those dark days those dark nights where we get stories that we just don't want to hear or don't want to read that there are people out there caring for us as well that they are either giving financially giving of their time giving of their hearts giving of their prayers that it doesn't cost a lot to show love to show care to show all of us that this is a a beautiful world and um uh, Let's just all be part of one huge, happy family. This is The Edge of Adventure, and the point has been made that there's a lot of pain in the world, and there's also a lot of beauty in the world. And one of the things that is most beautiful is when you see someone make a sacrifice to help somebody else, make some kind of sacrifice. And a lot of people are doing exactly that. People like uh, those who work for and with Child Aid to Eastern Europe and many, many others, many people in this audience, the people watching and listening. I know you. I know you and I know the kind of people you are. And that sacrifice, whatever type of sacrifice it might be, that's a very beautiful thing when someone puts someone else ahead of themselves. And despite the pain and the need in the world, there is much much beauty, thanks to such people. So, all right, with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Martin Wilcox, he's the director at Child Aid to Eastern Europe. Look him up online at childaidee.org.uk. They work in Belarus, Moldova, Ukraine, and they love these kids. They love these families, many of whom have otherwise been forgotten. And thanks to them and their supporters and people like you, they are not forgotten. And that's the best news of all. Thank you, Martin, for your time today. Thanks for your, you know, just sharing your journey and your heart with us as you have represented child aid to Eastern Europe today. Adam, thank you so much indeed for uh, opportunity to meet you. It's been fantastic. And thank you for what you do, bringing so much good information to uh, so many beautiful charities out to to your listeners. Well, thank you, Martin. I, I've kind of taken to saying this, this has almost become a slogan of mine, but I I still believe in good. It's out there. And there's consequently, there's good news. There are good things to talk about. And I happen to think, I'm just crazy enough to think there's actually more good news than bad. We just, I don't know, our world tends to focus on the bad all the time. We we tend to get worked up over things and there's bad news. I mean, look, we've all lived through the last year to 18 months and and even before that. There's plenty of bad news to go around. But I believe in the good news. And I believe more importantly, I believe in good. Thanks, brother, for coming on the show and for being a part of that movement worldwide. Bless you. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. 
And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.